Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. Good morning. That means you are listening to the Mystery of Parenthood, and uh, it's live this time. So welcome aboard, and uh, we'll start. We have um, Stephanie's here, so she's going to start with our prayer. Good morning. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, And through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. And grant that love strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, Holy Family of Nazareth. Pray for us. St. John Paul II. Pray Pray for for us. us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. So, hey, we've been been talking through Bishop Olmstead's Complete My Joy. We do have... Thaddeus in the house as well. Hey, thanks, man. I was wondering when I was going to be able to jump in here and be a part of the part of the proceedings. Thank you. But, and we have Stephanie. Stephanie. It is so great to be sitting across from you. You are lovely as as always, and just uh, sparkling and bubbly, and just like a fine glass of champagne. Yeah. Wow, you are too kind. Yeah. Wow. And Trey, uh, you're okay. You're back at you, man. <laughs> but uh, oh, you got us live. Yeah, you got us live. So, <laughs> hey, but you know, we we've been walking through this deal, and I think last time we got we we spent a lot of time just talking in general about being encouraged during this time um, to faithfully try to live this out. It's been in, on my mind that part of what I'm hearing him say, and and Stephanie and I are going to have the opportunity to give a talk on joy in. Um, Either in a couple of weeks or in a month and a half or two months, depending on what happens. But we had already kind of put together, and we actually did a show not too long regarding that. But but one of the things that seems to have jumped out to me as we've read through this, particularly since it's called "Complete My Joy," um, is the fact that part of um, part of what brings joy is an understanding of your mission and then an act of carrying out of that mission. And in other words, understanding it so you can articulate it, understand what's going on, but also living it out, which is what we've been trying to talk about here. But the joy comes from those two aligning, or at least the attempt to align those two things. (laughs) Um, because that that is yes, as we attempt, look, I mean, attempt we just, is a strong word. Yeah, we just dropped <laughs> off our last child, and so Stephanie and I um, are wow. empty nesters officially wow. as of officially last night. Le- yes. Empty nesters. The crew. It was kind of a. It was it was neat because we had we dropped everybody off, and then everybody came in. We had all six <laughs> kids and and. The seven. daughter-in-law, yeah, all seven, plus another friend, yeah, <laughs> uh, come back. So, so our our first day of empty nesthood was far from empty. <laughs> so, so, I mean, so, so this week really is going to be sort of the first really it experience be. of it. Yeah, it, it really will. So um, it will be. But it, but it's been it's been neat to reflect and then actually as, as you listen to this, you know the the mission 
doesn't change completely for us, but it changes some. And I think it's important as we talk through this section three, which is on the mission of the Christian family, that 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 the mission is the same to get everybody to to heaven, to evangelize, evangelize, to let people, to invite people in, to form your children, all those type of things. But it changes a little bit when they're no longer kids uh, around, as opposed to if you have multiple children at home or just one at home, or if you're just getting married. But it's the same mission, but how it plays itself out depends on the circumstances and those type of things. And it it evolves, I guess, to a certain extent. I I just want to say that it's really wonderful to have the two of you in in my life and in Robin's life, because, you know, we're back at the, yeah. beginning or we're sort of in the midpoint, you know? Right. I and, remember uh, that. But having y'all in our lives and knowing that you're just a, y'all are a constant source of, of, um, uh, a model to, to look at or being yeah. able to sort of keep our eyes focused on the, on the end point, so to speak. Although <laughs> yeah, it happens. it's not, it's not an end point, but no, it's, it's, really it's definitely not. a transition point. <clears throat> and, um, you yeah, know, your, your wisdom you and example is, is just really invaluable. So well, kudos you. to you, to oh, you guys. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you thank for you. your friendship and everything. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, um, it is a transition point. I think that's a great term because it's not over. I mean, no, no. Our married kids call us, our, you know, daughter that's working in Houston calls us. Um, I mean, some of the most important know, the, formation I got from my parents was actually college and yeah. The several years thereafter before yeah. I got married, yeah. you know, yeah, because you're really years. out. Yeah, you're really um, you, you've you've walked off the plank. <laughs> right. And so and I think that's really important. We talked about it again just in sitting around this weekend because uh, it came up with regard to like, how do you raise kids? And I and, and I said, you, you have to be we have to be purposeful. We have to know what our mission is. And then we have to recognize that our goal is to send you people out. <laughs> into the world to act on your own, but to be, to have enough relationship to where you can contact us and ask us for our guidance. And we don't expect to be the only people you ask, but we hope that we're one of the four or five people that you might ask going through whatever issue there is. And that's part of, I think, is you're where you are and, and even people earlier, the end is, is, in order to fulfill your mission to bring everybody is to bring everybody to heaven or to, mm-hmm. to help everybody along to heaven, including ourselves. Mm-hmm. That is to, um, to make sure that you've built enough a relationship to where they are asking you come their freshman year. How would you handle this? What, what do you think about that? Um, you want that kind of interaction. Cause I think for some people it's a breaking off point instead of a, transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you look, if you look back at the gospels, you know, I think, you know, Jesus gives a teaching to the disciples about if you go to a town and you try to, mm-hmm. to uh, evangelize there and they're not into, they're not into it. You're supposed to shake the dust from your, your mm-hmm. feet. But, you know, he doesn't a sort of a similar story to that is is not given for the family what's given for for the relationship between parent and child is the prodigal son that that mm. that father who is looking for that child right. and mm-hmm. sees him from a long way off and runs out to meet him and and never never abandons him never kind of never shakes the dust from his feet um right and that's with the child and that's important as as you're raising your children to make sure that they know that no matter what happens um, being upset or disappointed with the child growing up, that, that even when that happens, that's just a stepping stone to, to point to things that we need to help you work on for your sake, mm-hmm. not, not, not for my sake, not so that people say, well, you've got great kids, but so that you can actually go out there and do it. So you have to, I think, over and over reinforce that um, to make sure that that they understand that when there's correction or redirection or challenge, that it is for them. And you have to actually articulate that, I believe. You can't, you can't 
you know, you have to actually tell them <laughs> that you're you are um, making you're trying to help them become who they are, which I guess maybe is a springboard into what we ended up talking about last time. So just as individuals are unique and unrepeatable, and we did talk about this and we've talked about it multiple times, so are families and becoming what you are, a person becoming who you are. So you're meant to be a saint as an individual. Um, so you want them to understand that that's, that's the challenge to strive for virtue, to overcome things with the help of God's grace, the use of the sacraments, understanding that that's, that, that is the, the groundwork, but that families are actually meant and John Paul II actually makes this connection um, early on is telling families to become who you are. And when you become who you are, a holy family, uh, when you strive for that, to be a holy family, then then you become more in the image of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity. You become more in the image of Christ and his church, which is what you're supposed to. But you also become more who you were meant to be, individually and collectively as a family. And so um, striving to become a holy family, and, and there's a bunch of things, particularly when we get into the discussion on Suffering, which we probably won't get to today, we might, but 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 the idea is is that we're not perfect, but we should strive for perfection. We we aren't we we will make mistakes, and that's why forgiveness is at the center of of what a family is. It's it's love, but love that also forgives, um, because there's no way you can live <laughs> with <laughs> others without 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 that. So. But but if we live it out, if we live out that goal of trying to be holy, which part of it is recognizing your faults, your shortcomings, your sinfulness, but still striving in hope for that, then then you will impact others um, by trying to become who you are. Right. And I think that... Um your family, your family of origin was such a model of that. I, I remember that was one of the most attractive things about you when we first met was your family just drew me in. I mean, they were, you know, y'all's relationship, your mom and dad's relationship, their openness to whoever walked into the door, the unconditional love was palpable in your, in your house. And I remember thinking this, I want this, you know, we were, I was had a a group of girls over last night, we're doing a book study and, you know, we were talking about our, our stories of, of when we first um, met our husbands, because we were on a, a chapter on marriage. And it was funny because, um, she was talking about discernment, which is such a big thing these days, you know, and, and I've always felt kind of guilty when I hear that word, because I, I don't feel like I was discerned when I, when I was young, I didn't even know, I didn't, I don't think I ever heard that word, you know? And so it was fun to listen to these, um, these women tell their stories and all of us talk about, there was a drawing in, you know, one of them, one, one of the ladies even said, you know, it was like two magnets that just couldn't, you know, and we just knew it was right. And, and, you know, um, all of us commonly had a Christian based relationship, sometimes not even both Catholic. I think all of the relationships, the, well, the one that wasn't Catholic ended up, you know, um, coming into the faith. But, um, so it was, it was just a beautiful, um, it was, it was just a beautiful discussion to hear, to hear all those stories. But I, this really struck me, um, in this, uh, in the second, second paragraph of this, um, under, under three, that's under the, the mission of every Christian family that said, <clears throat> excuse me, family, allow your nature as a communion of love to grow, develop, mature, and overflow into the world with a generosity of life and joy. And um, it, it made me think of, um, I think we take for granted sometimes how we love each other. Um, not that it's simple, but we're all in close communion and community with one another. So we just kind of go through our day 
hopefully loving each other pretty well. But I was reminded that our love does overflow to others. Um, I have a beautiful friend named Megan who um, uh, our lives intertwined when my daughter um, became arranged, when our daughter became a rangerette um, in 20. Um, 15, 16. And um, she just was one of those people that was so easy to love and to invite into our family. And and she just quickly became, you know, another, another part of the family. And um, when Trevor and Lisa got married, uh, she was just so helpful and so, um, so giving and, and, and came and was just my point person so that I could, Trey and I could really enjoy the day with no distractions. And so she was at the rehearsal dinner and our rehearsal dinners in the tradition of the Cashin family are storytelling and laughter and crying and, um, just honoring the, you know, the bride and groom. And, um, and after that, um, that weekend, she sent me, um, these thoughts and I just wanted to share it with you because it, it's, it's so, it's just, it was just so beautiful. And I, like I said, it just made me realize, wow, I take for granted how much we love, how much we love each other. Um, she called, she called this, um, there's a seat at the table. And um, she starts by saying, I've never experienced this kind of fierce love. I was truly taken back by what I witnessed. I don't know these kids, but the love I saw shared, I could feel it buzzing around me. I was told to sit at the table, sit here, there's room. I'm not family. I'm not part of the group. I had an in. I was sitting with the bride and groom and sharing their special day, a day to celebrate their love and the love others shared for them, a day I didn't deserve to share because I didn't know them. And even though I didn't have that relationship, my seat was given to me wholeheartedly. It was as if it were always meant to be mine. So there I sat. I sat and observed. I was pretending to belong. I listened. I ate. I cried. I laughed. I sat. I sat and was fulfilled. And I sat filled with joy in the seat that wasn't really mine. I heard, be still. I let the joy resonate as I looked around and saw the reflection of his kingdom. I was so worried and uncomfortable about the seat that didn't belong to me. I was so worried that someone who knew more, loved more, and did more deserved to be there that I dismissed the most important part. It was given to me. When the Lord chose his disciples, he didn't go to the best. He sought out the people who didn't quite make it to the top to follow him. The Lord chooses us not based on our merit, but by his grace. He gives us a purpose and place for no other reason than he loves us. He calls us to love each other as he loves us. That day, I was fortunate enough to experience that call to love in my seat at the table. Yeah, just, I mean, it was makes just, me tear up a little so bit. Be- I know, it does make me tear It's just because, beautiful. But you don't, you know. Yeah, yeah, you don't, you're not, that's not like a orchestrated thing. No. I mean, it's just living it, was just, it out. And I, I never thought twice, I mean, she was sitting at the table with the bride and groom. It was, I mean, not even with, with us. And, and it was yeah. beautiful. But you don't know the impact that you'll have on people. Unless somebody shares that with you. I have might have shared this before, but as I was thinking about that, sometimes you're struck by the impact that a family will have. For example, when my mother died, a really good friend of mine, um, one of my best friends, he was in our wedding. Um, he, My mother died, and I had, you know, it had been years, and I'd, 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 um, I had... Kind of a little lost track as you do. You get married and things start happening, and I hadn't seen him. So, mom's funeral was happening, and and there were people that I expected to see, but I didn't expect to see him. And so, after the funeral, that we gathered back at my dad, dad and mom's house, and 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 Brian came back with us, and you know, so at some point he said, "Hey, can can we speak alone?" and we went upstairs and went into a room that there was nobody. And he said, he said, I want to tell you that your parents showed me that marriage, a happy marriage was possible. That, that, that being able to love one person and then all the children that God gives you, that was never something that I believed to be true until your mom and dad invited us into your family. I had no idea. It, it literally caught me completely by surprise because we didn't do anything different. Never thought 
wow, we're doing something <laughs> different. My parents, I know, never thought that. And I think if we live out what we're meant to and we struggle to live out to the best of our ability, we don't know the way that God's going to use that. But he will always use faithfulness. He'll always use somebody trying, even amidst there. I mean, we were not a perfect family by any stretch, and we aren't either now. I mean, we have plenty of problems and and personality issues. And But I think, don't you think that that's part of the blessing and the lesson that that life is hard and life is messy and the, the faithfulness and the perseverance through the imperfection, you know, I, I think that to me is, is more endearing and more real than someone that you look at and see, think, or think you see, cause I don't think any of us are, are perfect, you know, this perfect situation that, you know, and that you're falling so short, you know, um, right. I, I think that, persevering and being open and real about the imperfections and about the struggles um, is, is, is what, you know, well, the last people to, to, to dare to believe that because that you're, you're well, number one, you're not living the truth. If you're letting people believe you got it all under control, everything's fine. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to be open enough to do that. I think there's a temptation sometimes depending on who you, to, to try to, Nobody needs to know that there's any problems, including our kids. But but part of what I think welcomes people is they're like, okay, if they can, if they can do this, if they if they if they have that capacity, then they can. And that's part of what Bishop Olmsted actually says. He says marriage is hard. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not easy. And and anything that has the potential to cause joy. I think by definition from a human standpoint is difficult because you know you're having to work through, cooperate and stick through. But part of having the picture down the road, you know, I would say that I'm, I've always been the big picture person kind of pointing us that way, the theologian and Stephanie's always been the, hey, well, like what's the next step? Like what do we got to do like in the next five minutes, you know? And, and, and I think that that, that, that is a healthy, that's a healthy um, combination, I guess. Um, and so we have to maybe tug of war with each other or, you know, try to coalesce <laughs> and say, okay, we have to do both. So mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I was going to piggyback off of what Stephanie said, and also you addressed this too, but with with the difficulty of married married life and, and the struggles but I mean, it's right there on the pages of of the Gospels with with Mary and Joseph's absolutely betrothment yeah. and and the situation that yeah. Christ was born into. We we lose sight of that when we have that you know statue of Mary and Joseph kneeling next to the the manger, and, and I understand the the spiritual reasoning behind that iconography. But it also, you know, there's part of you that wants to think that, boy, they're probably both asleep, like on the ground next to the manger, just absolutely worn out, exhausted, stressed out, not (laughs) trusting in God, but at the same time, you know, not sure what's the next day going to bring. And then just all the, all the things that, that they go through with the plot of Herod to kill the child, and then they have to flee and go be uh, refugees in Egypt, and then when to come back, and then they lose Christ. Just all those. There's a lot of stress there, right? Even for even for the Holy Family, yeah. even, even when yeah. you have God and and the greatest of all saints, and certainly one not far behind. Right. Even when you have all that. And it's the it's it's the Holy Spirit. It's God putting on the pages of of the Bible that, hey, th- this I know I put myself into this situation that you live through. I know what it's like. Don't be not afraid. You can you can do this if you stay attached to me. And we forget that, but but it, but at the same time, you know, everything that was done, every choice that was made, was for the purpose of communicating God's will, his design, everything. And so we need to go back and look and say, hey, just because they were 
completely in contact. They were in contact with God all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was right there in their midst. Right. I mean, <laughs> in the yeah. flesh. And and yet, it's still all the way up through the crucifixion. I mean, there's, you know, Mary's there as a mother at, at that place. So it it's it is encouraging albeit we'd like it to be like everything was perfect if the closer we get to god there's nothing <laughs> that that matters there won't be any struggles but that's not that's not the gospel the gospel is it's in and through those struggles that god reveals his closeness it's in and through those struggles that we learn the value of suffering it's in and through those struggles that we that we recognize that Beyond those struggles, beyond those Good Fridays, there are Easter Sundays. And that's important because that's what kind of keeps you going. You know, I mean, my dad said it simply, right, as I'm about to walk out, which I've said, you know, <laughs> you know, when you go out there, we can run now. You know, I'm sitting in the back of the vestibule looking at my grandparents coming down and my and my dad like says, hey, we can We'll fight our way back across the Sabine from Louisiana. <laughs> but if you go out there and say you do, you're in. There's no there's no ifs, ands, or buts. And that was the last thing my dad said to me before I said I do. And I think that, you know, it's imperative to, you know, you'd like to say it's happily ever after, everything is fine. That's what that's what all the the fables and stories say, but the reality is, is yes, it is happily ever after, but it's happily ever after in the midst of all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's being able to find joy in the midst of pain and struggle and things not working out the way you hoped or planned. So um, anyway, but I, I, I am always amazed at the way God will sometimes use circumstances. And if you're attempting to be faithful, if you're attempting to be a sign of God's love, even in the midst, I mean, I know she saw frustration (laughs) that weekend. I know she (laughs) saw, you know, people being short with one another or, you know, certainly from me, I can't imagine I made it through all that without (laughs) snapping at somebody. I mean, I'm sure I did. I I mean, I'm not even saying that I didn't. I'm just saying she saw all that. I'm sure you didn't get fired up at all one single time that weekend. (laughs) I I don't do any of that. But uh, but anyway, so just just, I kind of dare you to stick around to fight through the through the difficulty to love in the midst of evil in the midst of things that aren't going the way and and God will use that in ways that you can never imagine both Megan's letter and Brian's kind words at my following my mother's funeral were both surprises to me I mean they just they were not Oh yeah, that, you know that's the way it's. That, I mean, that they were surprises, and so that's one of the beauties of it too. You ever once in a while you get surprised, you know, in a, in a beautiful way. Um, God is a God of surprises for sure. So anyway, I don't know if you had any more to do that. We can, we can start going through um, going through this uh, the remainder of 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 three. We were talking about how we needed to pray through it. We also were talking previously about the fact that, you know, G.K. Chesterton said, you know, it's not Christianity that's been tried and found lacking, that it's been, that it has been found difficult and untried. And, and yet it's, he goes on, the bishop goes on to say that, but nothing will be impossible for God. And I think that's that tension that lies at the center of life. It certainly lies at the center of marriage and family life, this tension between I've got to trust that God's going to make it possible, the impossible possible, but at the same time, I'm going to have to fight through some difficulties. <laughs> and that that should be no surprise. I mean, we have crucifixes in our house to show us that that's our salvation, the greatest good that's ever could be done, the infinite merits that Christ gains on the cross is him on a cross. There's nothing fun about that. Um, and so anyway, I, I, 
I always get worried because I think that the I think that sometimes when we've done marriage when I've done marriage prep and other things, I tend to point to the difficulties because I think so many people point to everything's going to be great, mm-hmm. and the reason is is I think you know if you think that everything's going to be great, and then you experience a difficulty, and your ex- expectation is everything's going to be great. I think that's at least in part why you have the amount of divorce and those type of things. Instead of expecting, okay, it can come, but we're still going to ride it out. I mean, we're still, we're not, the uh, there is not an option other than to, you know, Hey, grab a hold of my arm and, you know, we'll hop on this roller coaster <laughs> as, together. Yeah, I was about to say, or as Sonia Trebek says, you better like who you're strapped in with on the roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. When the bar goes down and the ride begins. I mean, you know, so. But, there's... but I think that I love that that verse from Luke. Um I remember we found out about the triplets right. at the, uh, on the, on the feast day of the annunciation. And it was kind of <laughs> that next year I was asked to speak at a pro-life um, event that was being held outside of Planned Parenthood. And I remember going back to that annunciation and, and then, you know, and it, well, we were definitely in that, in that time, <laughs> sure. life was hard. <laughs> yes. I mean, we had six kids under the age of six and, you know, um, yeah, lots of different struggles. And that verse, I, I'd never, it never popped out at me until that year later, you know, that nothing is impossible um, for God. And that was ugh, so reassuring. <laughs> and that's part of the, that's part of the thing. So, and again, he, he points out that, that we need to be as individuals, as spouses, but together, we need to be in communication with him, recognizing that while our all families' goals are the same, the given their circumstances, given their personalities, given their gifts, their talents, it's going to look unique. Mm-hmm. It's not going to look like somebody else's um, family. So um, there's that. And so I don't know. We'll just we can go through uh, some more. I think after he gets that kind of overview. He goes in, and we touched on this, I think, last time with, regarding chastity, and that mm-hmm. a chaste life is 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 not um, celibacy. It's the appropriate use and an understanding. And so, what he goes into great depths here is that human sexuality is is actually a sign. It's the sign of the communion of persons that is, you know, that is love is meant to be love and life and, and that sign of the Holy Trinity. And so we're meant to be chased. We're meant to work within the plan that is God. So that's why the whole mystery of parenthood is built on if we're trying to live out this mystery of being married and, and, and if God gives you kids, you know, to be parents is actually trying to look at him and say, okay, we're supposed to be like you, so what can we do that images you? And sometimes that happens just as a result of things happening, <laughs> being being faithful through difficult times, those type of things. But sometimes you have to – it's part of being purposeful. You, you have to actually think through mm-hmm. those things. Yeah, yeah. no, I was – there are times that it feels like you're on the conveyor belt of life and, 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 you know, you're, you're kind of, things are just going along and happening. But I, but I think that there's always, I mean, I just remember very, probably more so early on in our marriage, we probably needed to to do more of it later. We just got busy and crazy, but, um, but just there, there was a, a purple, a purposefulness and, um, we had lots of discussions. Um, ones I wish that we would have had like way before we even, I mean, I, cause I think they really started, you know, when, when we were pregnant. Um, but, um, and, 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 you know, I don't know if you can do it before, <laughs> you know, it's one of the other things that we were talking about with, um, you know, with, with marriages and, and families and some of the ladies in my group now have kids who have kids. And it's like, you look at your child and like, there's no way you can tell them 
<laughs> you know, this is what marriage is going to look like, or this is what parenting is going to look like. And, and I think in part that is because I hope and pray for our kids that, that when they, you know, have that union, that, that they make it their own, you know, that they take the good things maybe that we have done, thanks be to God, and incorporate it and make their families even better. You know, um, I mean, that's, I mean, I know that's my hope, you know. Right. And, and, and trying to even now, we had a long discussion sitting around, you know, mm-hmm. about that intentionality that there, that, it may have seemed like to y'all that there was a lack of purpose, but but most everything that we did, even the way we handled circumstances, were, were intentional. I mean, uh, I'm not saying every moment was intentional, but particularly at crossroads or at things that were like, hey, this needs to be addressed, we became intentional. How should we handle this? And we talked, and it was always better, the two of us. I you know, always, <laughs> always better, you know, the two of us sitting down and coming up with something that we agreed on, this is how we're going to handle it. So, but anyway, again, marriage itself is a sacrament and therefore grace is there. Remember, grace elevates nature. Grace empowers you. Grace is a participation in God's life and therefore it allows you to do it. It's not something that you have to fabricate. It's just something you respond to in the moment, whatever comes your way. That's all I will tell people is it won't look like you. For us, triplets was kind of one of the big things that God sent us that, that changed a lot of things for us. Um, wouldn't have traded it for the world. As I've said, there's plenty of times I would not go back and push rewind <laughs> and, and go through again. But but they shape that shaped us. So sometimes it's the circumstances and saying yes to the circumstances. But I challenge all of y'all to please go ahead and do that. So be open to life. We had this discussion too, you know, that if even our prayer that John Paul II talks about the family being kind of this image of love and life. Bishop Olmsted talks about that as well. But love always overflows into life. I mean, that's those two go together. And so that's why the sign is meant to stay sacred. So um, anyway, on that, of, of course, if you haven't, NFP is a great op, you know, is the option. Uh, I did like that, that he he addresses that, for a just reason, some people can postpone pregnancy. Um, I thought this was worth um, for a responsible parenthood, but it's the parents themselves and no one else who should ultimately make this judgment inside of God, which he says in 61 of that. And so um, anyway, I, I, I thought that was a that was a good point. To, yeah, to well, because I always think there's a misunderstanding that, you know, um, yeah, we had to even yeah. had to deal that. Right? Yeah, yeah, with our son, you know, just that that um, that sure there's a prayerfulness and and you're going to have some idea or some notion of 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 what you want your family to look like, how many children, but but don't ever lock yourself in that box, you know. Always just stay open to life and open to God's plan and open to God's will. I mean, like Trey said, you know, was having six kids under six, the way I, I wanted a large family. I don't know if I wanted it all in six years, but I mean, it was beautiful. And I mean, you know, it, it shaped and stretched me in ways that, um, that would have never happened if, you know, if I had made a plan and carried out the plan exactly like I, you know, saw fit or whatever, you know, um, I think you limit. I think I think people limit themselves Absolutely. because they don't see Absolutely. a God who's using this to shape you. I think that what happens is you say, "Well, I could never do that." Well, I I, I promise you, if you had talked to Stephanie and I, <laughs> and said you're going to have six kids in six years, um, if we would have, you know, oh, check, sign me up for that one. You know, I mean, I <laughs> I don't think that that was it, but it was an openness to life and a recognizing of the fact that there's a God using this. That's why the church goes to great lengths. Yeah. Parents are good for their children, but children are good for their parents. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. It, it challenges you. It, it, it convicts you. you, it humbles you, <laughs> all those type of things. And so we have to forget the, the common 
cultural way of seeing it that somehow they're potentially a burden or I can't ever I can't see myself making enough money to support this many people and you you have to be wise but at the same time you have to recognize God as we said is a great coach and so coaches always will put people push them beyond what they think they're capable of because if people stayed where they thought they were comfortable or where they thought this is most I can do there would never be Olympic athletes there would never be people because most people the coach sees what you're capable of and he puts you in circumstances to help draw that out of you well God's the greatest coach of all the thing is, is you can not show up to practice. You can say, I'm not signing up for that and miss out on what he wants to do. Just like an Olympic athlete can say, that's all I'm I'm not going to do anymore. Even if the coach says you could do so much more, it's going to be hard, but do that. And if you start seeing marriage and family life is exactly that. This coach who with you is using the interaction between one another, then it becomes something exciting. It's something joyful. It's something like, I can't believe, you know, that, I mean, there's plenty of times I said, he must know something about me <laughs> that I have no clue about. And the reality is, yes. First off, he's still in control, you know, if we'll just let him. So I don't know if you had, if you had any thoughts on that. It looked like you might have had something to say. Um, I did, and and it and it, it kind slipped. of maybe flew away. I might be able to get it <laughs> well, back. back. Um, <laughs> oh, oh yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> children having children. Um, it also it it stretches you, and it's good for you. But it also has a feedback into your relationship with your spouse that you know you being there to you know she may she may need some support from you in in dealing with the child or or speaking with that with that child or helping that child through something and she for whatever reason you know maybe can at that point in that child's life or that child's development and then you're helping her with something that she needs help with and so then that just increases the love between the two of you and as bishop olmstead says just a couple paragraphs after the one you quoted from he notes Periodic abstinence from the marital act does not mean periodic abstinence from love. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we, we as men, we especially have a tendency to for, forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, that. You know, that's a big, for a lot of men, that's that's their love language is, is physical, right. physical touch, physical contact. Um, but we're always called to love our spouse. We're always called to will their good as right. as as a, as the other as another person um and that and that's that just a, doesn't change and that comes yeah. out so incredibly in children yes and that's such a beautiful point because as a mother especially with small children i remember i mean some of the most beautiful ways that Trey loved me is once you were finished with bath or putting somebody to bed or reading somebody a story, you came in and the kitchen was clean. The dishwasher was loaded. The, you know, a, a load of wash was on or, you know, something was folded. Well, it, it, or, let's not get carried away here, Stephanie. I'm not, come on now. Let's go listen. Lady. She's on no. her. Uh, times I did not do what I ought to. No, exactly. Exactly. So, okay. But yeah, I'm just saying, you know, those are, I think those are kind of the, the ways that, you know, um, hopefully we, you know, and all of us have different love languages and different, you know, different ways that we receive and, and, and feel loved. But, um, I just know for me, those, those times are, were very, mm-hmm. very much appreciated. And broaden, the, broaden the fact that love is something that's bigger than that. I mean, it's the entirety of the relationship. It's not, right. it's right. not just those moments I mean, goodness, the, you know, <laughs> it's everything. It's, the, it's oh, that right. giving. Is, my, 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 my mantra, love is a verb. <laughs> right. it's, it is an act. It's a choice, too. And yeah, so, and, and yeah. just to be, to be very frank, you know, if you look at it in terms of literal time, clock time, it's a minuscule part of. Exactly. And the rest the of marriage life relationship. is cut right. It, 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 it just is important to remember that it's beyond that. And so I think that gets us to the to the next point because I think you were just talking about this he he moves on to talk about masculine and feminine difference mm-hmm. and that it matters. Um man and woman 
are, are made in the image of, of God together. And both, you know, his plan is for both motherhood and fatherhood to thrive in the family. And I love the fact that I don't know where he quotes this. I'm not sure where he got it, but it's a quote. He says, there's no such thing as parenting in the abstract. There's mothering and there's fathering and children do best with both. Boom. And I, and I think that Mic was drop. that's what that, your, yeah, your that point. was your I mean, point and 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 it was so tr- and it's so true because there there's so many times where uh, like my children just needed Trey I mean you and, know the daughter you know the daughter needed her daddy or the son needed his father or you know and vice versa I mean um, and so I I, I just um, it's funny you know, they've grown older that's the the way they will contact us on different things. Yeah, different things. Right, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it's 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 just um you know, we we have our relationship as a family, but then we also have unique relationships, you know, within within the family and, and it's you know, it's all strengths and weaknesses and, and, <laughs> you and this, know, this just, is a little bit of a sidebar tangent, but we are we're in the throes of the well Mama said that we could, I could do this or I could have this. You know, we're really getting into. Yes. They've got three or four of the five that are, you know, playing that game. (laughs) We're going to be playing that game for a while. Well, I mean, that that does come up. And I think from a practical standpoint, we got to the we got to the point where we said we're never like. So if mom says this or that, then then nothing was going to be decided in that moment. Like, okay, well, then me and mom. We need to yeah. talk, or and that was they knew it would slow down the process. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's not the last word. That's just <laughs> an input into right. the conversation. Yeah now, yeah, now it's now it's now it's in in, and then they knew that it'd probably be better <laughs> to kind of stay out of that. Get because it, it just fosters mm. more, more stuff. But again, that's the way it is. So, but they will test that. They will they test it. Will test it. Over and and over. it's and so yes, that's when communication, you know, um, the communication between husband and wife becomes paramount because yeah. they will smell weakness like yes. <laughs> raw meat. Exactly. They're in. They're sharks, in for the kill. The sharks. Are out. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but oh, I know. No. I love. Uh, I can still remember some faces. Well, I'll talk to your dad about. That oh, you know, it's just like you can just <laughs> can't we just skip that? <laughs> can't you make your own decisions? Your, 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 you are you are that that in and of itself models that that we're together on this, <laughs> and 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 the more they see that, the more they recognize that's what it's supposed to be like. So okay. you're you're modeling it, and right. and and you're un, and they're whether they're catching it just by like a disease or something right. I mean, they're, 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 well, I mean, the father the father models it by saying hey if i give you if i say you know okay on that i'm going to be in trouble with your mom so i got to go talk got to go back and talk to her about this right isn't that the stereotype yes it is i'm not i'm not saying that i've ever said that before but. no but that is that's definitely the stereotype yeah. out there yeah. uh, but speaking of that, that we, i would get to the to the Feminine genius. Which yes, I thought four minutes. Some really Sorry, good four stuff. minutes. No, no, no. That's awesome. We just got a little bit of time, but, <laughs> but I thought um, it was neat. It, he, he points to the kind of the characteristics of each, and of course they kind of go over each other because it's not always the same. But I do think that if you look at it, so a woman's soul is fashioned as a shelter in which other souls may unfold. Um, was a quote that that he uses, which I thought was great. And then Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, Edith Stein, one of my favorites, uh, a, a martyr of World oh, yeah. War II, said that women naturally seek w- woman naturally seeks to embrace that which is living, personal, and whole. To cherish, guard, protect, nourish, and advance growth is her natural maternal yearning. So that idea of nourishing, guarding, protecting. I think about like the difference between some parents and even you like saying, oh, they can, me as a parent saying, no, they can go do that. I mean, it might be dangerous or whatever. And and there's a little bit of, I want to protect them from from that. (laughs) And there's that balance that has to be the, maybe sometimes the father saying for a guy, he, he needs to go and experience that, or he has to go out there and get 
his honey whipped. I mean, by you know, by the guy across from him, mm-hmm. just to know what that experience is like. Not a fun experience, one you'd like to protect. But when you're talking about nourishing and protecting, it doesn't mean being a helicopter parent. I mean, it doesn't mean right. protecting them from everything. Right. Um, yeah. It's allowing them to to make those to make this. I always called them safe mistakes. <laughs> right. You know, the safe mistakes that you could um, then reel back in and and be able to talk about. So how would we do that next time? <laughs> or what decision would you want to make, you know, so, next time? <laughs> right. And so I, I, I'm going to I'll end with this because we're down towards the end. But I thought it was really cool. He, again, is using G.K. Chesterton. Um, and he's talking about women. Well, I he said to be Queen Elizabeth within a def- definite area, deciding sales, banquets, labors. To be Aristotle within a certain area, teaching morals, manners, et cetera, et cetera. I can imagine how this can exhaust the mind, but I cannot imagine how it could narrow it. How can it be a large career to tell other people about the rule of three, and a small career? a career to tell one's own children about the universe? How can it be broad to, to be the same thing to everyone and narrow to be everything to someone? No woman, no woman's function is laborious, but because it is, it, it is gigantic, not because it's minute. <laughs> and that's the thing that needs to be told to to mothers. This is a giant undertaking. This is the greatest undertaking to be a mother, not, it's not something that diminishes you. It is amazing because you are everything to someone. <laughs> so anyway, we'll end on that bit of a... Well, and I think we um, only stands to reason that we should have our memory verse from St. John Paul II, and that is family, become what you are. Right. And today's a great day to talk about feminine genius because it is Mary's birthday today. So, uh, so happy birthday, yes. Our Lady. So anyway, but I... Anyway, just be encouraged. We'll talk about masculinity and move on. As we do, we digress regularly. But Remember, only God can help you take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. God bless you. Pray for us. We're praying for you. God bless. <laughs>